This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So how do you find hidden gem stocks? These may or may not be actual value stocks by like classic valuations, but they're going to have a lot of value characteristics as they are mostly being ignored by the market, right? Because they're, you know, quote, hidden. So somehow people have to not be paying them much attention. And what hidden usually means is that they're little followed by Wall Street. So that's kind of how they stay hidden, right? So you don't get that news on one of the financial shows that Bank of America or Goldman Sachs or JP Morgan or or whatever other um, brokerage has like updated, you know, raised their recommendation or their um, rating on a certain company. And then the stock jumps because they moved it up to a buy from a hold, that kind of thing. If, if you don't have that, who's really paying attention on some stocks, right? So normally the hidden part means that there's few analysts on that company. And sometimes that happens because a company is just simply a small cap. It's too small to really have many analysts on it. Or there's, um, you know, it's in an area that Wall Street just doesn't feel it wants to devote the manpower to putting a lot of analysts on. And so normally those kind of go hand in hand. Wall Street is limited on the number of analysts. They're not cheap. They cost money. And so they're going to put them on the most prominent, large or larger types of companies to uh, focus on. And so that's why you get some of these neglected areas that really don't have much analyst coverage on them at all. So think about like the social media stacks. Of course, everyone on Wall Street has a covering analyst on one of the big social media companies like Facebook. I looked it up on Zacks.com and we currently have 13 estimates for this year on Facebook. And two of those has been raised in the last month. So that probably means just on Zacks.com, we probably have at least 10 or 11 analysts covering Facebook right now. But there would be more than just those. But that's what we have available on Zacks.com. But then I took a look at Pinterest, which is a smaller social media company, not as prominent, only went public last year. And it looks like there's just four to five analysts because we have about five estimates in there and the estimates can be changed by one analyst, um, you know, within the same like 90 day window. So the number of estimates don't necessarily track one on one with the number of analysts, but it's pretty close usually. So let's just say four to five are only covering Pinterest, which you might think would be kind of surprising, right? Like you would assume that all of all of Wall Street is covering the social media stacks. That's like a prominent industry. Those are being talked about all the time. But again, there's there's not as much manpower to go around as you might think. And the number of analysts is somewhat limited. So they tend to only go on the most prominent companies. And so that's why you get some of these that are kind of hidden. Now, we recently had a whole industry here um, at Zacks.com, which no longer has an industry 
Well, it has an industry rank, but it no longer has a SACS rank because the top analysts on the group who had been there for, I want to say, at least like 30 years covering this certain industry suddenly retired. And again, it wasn't a prominent industry. So um, his company decided not to replace him with another analyst in this industry. So now we have no coverage of this industry on Zax.com. There might still be some coverage out there, but I kind of looked around deeper than Zax.com. I looked at our uh, you know, more thorough screening device um, and I couldn't find it anything on there either. So this just might be an industry that Wall Street has said, hey, you know, we don't care enough. We again, we are short on people. We have to deploy them to the most key areas. So we're not deploying them to this. And I do feel like they allowed that analyst to stay on this industry because he was an expert in it and because he was approaching retirement anyways. So there was nothing lost with letting you know, an outstanding analyst like that stay on this particular industry until retirement and then not replace them. So that industry is called on Zax.com business-office uh, products. And it's now showing up with an industry rank in the bottom 4%, but that's because there are no ranks with the companies because he covered all of them in this, in this uh, small industry. So who was in this group? I took a look to see um, you know, if these are hidden gems now, even though there is no analyst covering it, no Zach's ranks. So otherwise, if I didn't know that this analyst was retiring, I wouldn't not be able to uncover um, either of these two companies I'm about to talk about without, you know, on our normal screening tools, because that would always include the Zach's rank, but there is no rank. So who are they? So again, it was business-office products. And this is really like office furniture and what, what goes into the makeup of the office. We always kind of take it for granted when you go in and, you know, you see either cubicles or, um, you know, the types of desks that are in there or just the layouts. There's a lot of innovations that have been going on with office um, products and setups. And these two companies are basically the industry leaders globally in this area but nobody's covering it now because eh, who cares about office, right? Like even before the pandemic, eh, it's not super exciting. Um, it might be now. So taking a look, the first company is Herman Miller. MLHR is the ticker for design aficionados out there. Herman Miller is, is it. Now it has a couple interesting divisions. It has the office furniture side, which is, uh, you know, the big, office buildings, companies that are buying um, to, you know, build out big office spaces. And then they have the retail side, which includes some sales of those same items to the retail to like you and I, but also includes design within reach, that chain of furniture and hay, H-A-Y, which is a little bit lower cost than design within reach but still has the same uh, design aesthetic that um, Herman Miller is famous for. So I took a look at it a little bit deeper. They have a market cap now of 1.9 billion. And in this last quarter, which was their fiscal first quarter of 2021, 
Net sales were still down 7% year over year, uh, down 13% organically. But the strong side was their retail segment. We know furniture has been hot. So furniture was up 40% year over year. And that includes the home office side of all their businesses. Demand was up 300%. Yes, we were all buying desks and office chairs <laughs> to work from home. So, and for our kids to go back to school. So that was super hot, but they also saw strength in upholstery, outdoor and accessories. Now, their other big side of the business, the North American contract segment, that's the big office furniture, that was actually down 40%, not surprising because suddenly none of us in North America were really back in the office. And if you were about to get new office furniture, you probably put the kibosh on that. So um, down 40%, but it did, they did see improvement in the back half of the quarter on orders coming in again. And then they have the international contract segment, that's Asia Pacific and Europe, which are further along in their recovery. So orders were up 26%, but down 9% organically. And the hay orders were up 3% year over year. So hay was good. Um, and again, that's a little bit on the, the lower side of things. That's kind of their new, their new brand that they're rolling out. So digital sales for all of this, digital sales were up 248% with orders up 257% on the digital side. And that was across Herman Miller, Design Within Reach and the Hay websites in North America. Now Design Within Reach website, they just did a refresh and relaunched it in July. They're seeing real good results from that relaunch. So um, they will be rolling out similar refreshes across Herman Miller and Hay and uh, work from home. They had like a special online assessment tool that they added on there, which is vital for all of us. How do I know what I want to buy when I go onto the website? Um, I just need some stuff again to work from home. How long will this uh, trend last? We don't know, but here in the United States, at least, it looks like into 2021, many of us will still be working from home, the office workers, so to speak. So this still could be hot. Now their gross margins were up 320 basis points to 39.9%. They um, are good on the cash levels. So they decided to reinstitute that dividend that they halted. So they're reinstating that it's yielding 2.3% now. So that's a good sign. And, um, you know, like I said, let's take a look at what is actually happening with the valuations on this company. So the shares popped uh, sharply after this report, even though nobody's covering them. Someone was paying attention and they just reported in mid-September, but they're still down 22.5% year to date, even with the recent surge. So PE is now 9.4, price to book is at 2.5, price to sales is at 0.8. So yeah, if it had a Zach's rank, it would be showing up as mostly a classic value stock here. Um, fiscal 2019, they made 296. Fiscal 2020, which included some COVID quarters, was 257. So that was a decline of 13% but they made $1.24 in the first quarter um, because those gross margins and just more efficiency. So already, you know, almost half of last year's earnings in the first quarter. So I'm looking for those earnings to, to jump here, even though, again, no covering analysts. <laughs> 
So the second company um, here is Steelcase, also in the same industry, and Steelcase ticker SCS. They're both in Michigan, by the way, both in Southwest Michigan. Steelcase is in Grand Rapids. Uh, market cap of 1.3 billion. They describe themselves as a leading maker of office environments. They've been in business 107 years. I like companies like this. Now they don't have design within reach. They don't have the furniture component. So for that reason, I'm a little bit more bullish on um, Herman Miller, but um, as we go back to the offices, which we will once this pandemic is brought under control, or there's a vaccine, that kind of thing. Sure, work from home will be a trend, but the office is not gonna go away. So, and we might see more changes in the office based on what we've all um, endured over the past year to, to two years here. So Steelcase, um, you know, is still bullish here, even though in the second quarter, their revenue was down 18%, uh, but the year over year declines lessened in the quarter for them. They were also led by Asia Pacific and uh, East um, Europe and Middle East. And that's because they're further along on the return to the office scenarios than North America is. Now, Steelcase did do layoffs as North America struggled to cut costs, but, and then they did reduce salaries when everything originally hit. They have restored the salaries now, and now they've just restored the dividend as well. That is yielding 3.5%. So these shares haven't seen the rebound that Herman Miller has because again, they don't have that retail component that the market likes right now. So they're still down 43% year to date. And this is uh, again, what I mean by hidden, it's, it's hidden because when the office market returns, which it will, um, you know, these shares are cheap. PE is at eight, price to book is at just 1.4, price to sales is 0.4. So as you can see, there's a lot of uh, classic value with this one too, but no one's following it. And you know the negative stories out there, we don't have an analyst to say, hey, you know, they're back to their offices in, in Europe now so that those sales will recover and North America, and eh, they're gonna be returning, you know, first or second quarter of 2021 things will start returning back then to, oh, okay, maybe I should be buying these shares. No, there's no one talking about it. So unless Steelcase or Herman Miller themselves goes on, you know, mad money with Jim Cramer, which they do to try to get their name out there. But if they don't, um, you know, no one really knows what's going on with them. So keep those two in mind, Herman Miller, MLHR and Steelcase SCS. Another one that's little followed, which is still a surprise to me. I own it in the value investor portfolio. I believe it's in the income investor portfolio here at Zacks as well, and the marijuana innovator portfolio here. So we're all aware of it is Innovative Industrial Properties, IIPR is the ticker. I own this in my own personal portfolio as well. It's a REIT, so it pays out most of its earnings back to me, the shareholder. And what they do is they target medical use cannabis facilities for acquisition, including sale leaseback transactions. So for example, in September, they just acquired another Florida property. They now have three properties in Florida. 
And as of September 21st, 2020, they own 63 properties now in numerous states. As more states uh, legalize medical marijuana, you have to have growers and facilities and things in the states. And so that's when they step in. They provide the, um, you know, they buy out the facility. They lease it back to the grower. They have these, uh, like, agreements with them and it's long-term leases so again as of september 21st they had 63 properties 99.3 percent were leased those had a weighted average lease term of 16.1 years so you as an investor you gotta like having the long-term lease that's pretty stable now during covid and the shutdowns there was a, a couple of their facilities, their buildings, where the tenant did have some issues paying the rent. It wasn't many, but they worked with them um, to give them some leeway, as most of the landlords are doing right now. And I believe those tenants are now back up to speed here because marijuana was considered an essential industry during the shutdowns. So um, that, but that is one of the uh, risks you have even with long-term um, you know, tenants in there. Now, this company only has one or two analysts on it on Zax.com because we only have two estimates. So that means there's just one one person and they're raising, um, you know, a couple times in the last 90 days or there's two, they were both, you know, on there. But that's almost nobody given that the interest in marijuana stocks and uh, all of things going on in that industry, but um, the REIT analysts are gonna be slightly different than ones you might have covering like say marijuana growers. So that's also why there's a lot of REITs out there and the REIT analysts tend to have specializations in those like I cover the malls, I cover the hotels, um, whatever it is. And apparently there's almost nobody to cover the marijuana REITs because this is the only publicly traded one. So. Therefore, you get a, like a hidden gem in there when nobody else is paying any attention. Now, this one's more expensive because shares are up year to date 21%. The PE is at 25.7, price to book is at 2.8 here. Um, it is paying out its, its earnings back to us and the dividend right now is yielding 3.7% as they just announced the recent dividend. It does change quarter to quarter depending on what the business is generating. And it was higher than the prior quarter for this last quarter. As they continue to add more properties, they will continue to generate more income. So it's a Zach's number three. We do have a rank on it, unlike those others. But this is an area where, again, if you were paying attention even in the last couple of years, you might have been like, hey, maybe this is somewhere I need to go. Um, a couple other areas you might want to look for, uh, look under the industry of medical products. There's a lot of small cap medical product manufacturers that really have not much coverage. Also on some of the retailers, some of the small cap, especially apparel retailers, really have almost no coverage. They might have two to three analysts. Some of those would be like Chico's, CHS is the ticker. J Jill's another one. I think we have just one analyst on J Jill now, and that ticker's J-I-L-L. Um, comparing that, uh, I took a look at Bed Bath & Beyond, which again has been around forever. 
We have nine estimates that were just recently raised on Bed Bath & Beyond, ticker BBBY. So that has a lot of coverage, just it's much bigger as well, but um, you know, it's been around a long time and it's not quite as specialized as the women's retailers are. And you have limited number of bodies, there's a lot of retailers, so who are you gonna put your coverage on? Um, you're not gonna put it as much on these women's specialty retailers and that's why you have almost no one covering them. So some things to keep in mind, um, sometimes little analyst coverage can be a bad sign uh, because that means it's really out of favor with Wall Street, like you know these women's specialty apparel retailers. A bunch of those have gone into bankruptcy even in the recent year or two. Um, so you know, do you really want to waste your analyst coverage on on that group that's struggling like that? That you know, no, you really aren't gonna. So going to move them off of that. They're all going to be put on Target, Walmart, Amazon, you know, the, these other ones that aren't seeing the same kind of struggling. So sometimes it can mean a bad sign, but sometimes you can find genuine deals among the least followed areas simply because uh, there just aren't enough bodies. And so it's not because that area is out of favor. It's simply because uh, they don't have enough people. And so they will go into the more popular areas. Um, so ask yourself, will these companies ultimately get discovered? IIPR again is up 21% year to date. Some of these other ones are not. Chico's is still down 73% year to date. It's still under a dollar. Um, so there's, you know, when will anyone else discover, hey, Chico's is out there and what's going on with it? it maybe it will survive this pandemic and thrive because um, some of them will, some of the retailers will. But you can see some of these stocks go unfound for years. I've seen some of them just kind of drag along the bottom. They're not really going anywhere. Um, they seem to be cheap, so they're kind of like value trappish. But you know, earnings aren't really going anywhere either. One thing you can do if there's you know little to no analyst coverage is look to see what the insiders are doing at some of these. Now I forgot to look up and see what was going on with Herman Miller and Steelcase with those insiders, but I did look at Chico's just out of curiosity since it's still down 73% year to date. And there were some insider purchases. Six insiders did buy at Chico's in June. That's when it was a little bit above a dollar. Uh, they were buying around a dollar thirty in some cases, but that's quite a uh, cluster buy of insiders. So someone at Chico's, six insiders still believe that something is going on there, even though Wall Street is ignoring them and they're not getting much. But they do have a little bit, but not much analyst coverage. So that's one thing you can do as a value investor looking for these hidden gems that are little covered. Um, when doing your research, check those insider buys. You can check them on the, the SEC website, sec.gov. You can put in the ticker and then it's it'll say like insider transactions after you click on the company up in the left-hand corner. Click on that and you'll see who is buying, selling, what kind of awards they're getting, anything else that's going on in terms of the insiders. So those are just some tips, but you know, it's hard to find hidden gems. There's a reason they're hidden, right? 
and there's little coverage, so not many analysts are out there. You're not going to get the sudden announcement on CNBC or on stock twits that an analyst has upgraded them for the most part, although some of these still have one to three to four analysts on them. And so you may still get that, but it's going to be a lot harder um, to get that kind of boost. And so you really have to go on the fundamentals of the business. Does it look like it's completely undervalued? Some of these do right now. Um, and then you're going to have to trust your own your own research and your own knowledge of the companies and what their businesses are doing. So it's a little bit more work to find the hidden gems, as I said, but it can be very profitable. So let's recap the tickers again. So there's Herman Miller. They have the design within reach in the hay. So I can go buy a Herman Miller, uh, you know, uh, furniture, off of their website, and that's helpful right now with all this emphasis on the home. So Herman Miller, MLHR. Steelcase is just the office furniture, but we are gonna be going back into the offices and we may need to buy some new types of furniture to do so, and that's SCS. Then we had Innovative Industrial Properties, the REIT for the medical marijuana and that's IIPR, which I also own in my own portfolio. Then we had some of those retailers, Chico's, CHS, JJill, J-I-L-L, and Bed Bath & Beyond, BBBY. Um, so again, remember, it, sometimes you can do a screen to find these, and sometimes you need to just kind of look around, put in some of the tickers you know probably aren't followed by many people. Um, I did that. A lot of them are going to be small caps and see what you discover. You might be surprised. You might be surprised that there's only four to five analysts on Pinterest because I was. Um, Pinterest ticker PINS. I also own that one and it's in the value investor portfolio. So it's always good as value investors to be searching for those that are being ignored and um, there's there's quite a few so you want to be able to s subscribe to the show every week and make sure you're getting all of our podcasts because you never know what we're going to uncover here on the value investor and maybe we're going to find some more hidden gems as we go along we always seem to in the screens so it's exciting it's fun and value is a great place to invest so you want to subscribe on Spotify. We are on Apple podcast. You can get us two for one on the market edge, but be sure to get us somewhere. And I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.